0: The Fourth Wall, Episode 22, Sarah Amos and Stephen Wacker. You're listening to The Fourth Wall, a podcast that takes you beyond the screen or the page and brings you into our conversations with the creative people behind your favorite movies, TV shows, comics, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek, And today we're talking to Sarah Amos and Steven Wacker, who are executive producers of Marvel's Hero Project, which will be appearing on the Disney Plus streaming service when it launches on November 12th. Now, if you're not familiar with Marvel's Hero Project, it's actually a nonfiction show, but it does fit into the Marvel universe, so it still is in our Den of Geek arena. But what they do on the show is they find a kid who's doing something really remarkable they're either overcoming a disability in a creative way, they're creating something in the science, technology and engineering fields for the betterment of the world, or perhaps they're serving a community that is underrecognized or in need of a powerful voice. And the executive producers will talk all about how these kids are chosen, but what they do is they tell their story, how they came to care about this issue at such a young age and what obstacles they had to overcome, and then The show likens their amazing abilities that are sometimes beyond their years to some sort of superpower that already exists in the Marvel universe. And that kind of creates a tie in for the readers of the comics and fans of Marvel. But then they take it a step farther by creating a comic that tells the kid's story and presenting it to them. And the comic actually has a full page spread of the character in a cartoon style and also kind of translates their ability into a superpower, uh, making it much more comic realistic. And they present this comic to them along with a hero project, a leather jacket in kind of an X-Men style to sort of induct them into the hero project family. So it's really a heartwarming show that really touches people emotionally and, and really gets at these inspirational stories. So here we are talking to Stephen Wacker and Sarah Amos Sarah is an executive producer who's going to be talking a little bit about how the show came to be and how the kids were chosen. And then Stephen Wacker is a editor at Marvel comics, and he'll talk a little bit about how the comics were created and who got involved behind the scenes from some of the editorial staff that we're familiar with. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Michael. Thanks for joining me today. i looking forward to this one, but uh, first of all, I want to say there's got to be, there should be a warning label on the show may not be viewable through tears of joy. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us about the choice to strictly center the show around children and were there rules governing how you chose them, age range, that sort of thing?
1: Uh, Yeah, I can dive in to start. Uh, You know, we were really excited about this project as it came together and as we created it, because we saw an opportunity to honor and shine a spotlight on so many amazing young people who really were already heroes in their own right. And, you know, as we think about the, the values behind Marvel and the, the characteristics and kind of origin stories of a lot of our superheroes, it all starts from this place of seeing injustice or seeing problems or people who are in need of help in the world and thinking about others before you think about yourself. So it felt like such a seamless connection to these types of kids who were doing amazing things. And in terms of wanting to bring the right mix of kids to the forefront, there were certainly no edicts or rules uh, as we created the show and found our cast of characters. But what was important to us was really representing the country and the world in a diverse group of stories. And that not only meant finding a diverse group of kids from their background and their set of situations that they live in, but also the types of issues that they are tackling. There's a lot of things going on in the world these days, and there's a lot of different ways that people can get involved. And we wanted to make sure that we were showcasing a group of young people that anyone could sit at home, turn on their TV and watch and feel like they saw a little bit of themselves represented in the stories we
2: were featuring. I thought our co-producers at Maggie Vision did a nice job too because they, you know, they they're the ones who tell the kids story and they found such a great mix of kids whose challenges are sometimes personal, sometimes they're environmental, sometimes they're sociological uh, and telling a wide array of stories that takes us, you know, all across the country. And in my mind, anyway, makes it by the time you see what kind of heroes these kids are, you really feel you really come to understand that we kind of actually do live in the Marvel universe, these heroes are all around
0: us. And now, Steven, that brings up an interesting point because each episode of Hero Project presents the child hero with a custom made jacket and a comic starring them displaying a superpower that is related to their act of heroism. So, can you talk about the importance of sort of translating? that heroism, that act of heroism into a superpower?
2: Yeah, I think, I think to us that was sort of the the trigger that makes this into a Marvel show, our ability to use some of our great storytellers and great editorial team to really put these kids in the Marvel universe. And it gave us a sense to bring everyone at Marvel into the project. And like you say, each kid gets their own comic. That was fun for me because I come from the comics. I was an editor there for a long time. And sort of, you know, coming back to where I started was certainly a, a personal bit of uh, uh, fun. But also, I think it feels real to these kids. There's, they're, they're excited about the whole thing. And then you see the show and the comics, the last thing they're presented. And I think it elevates the entire surprise to a new level when they realize, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. this is me inside a comic book. I know as a lifelong comic book fan that I was, I would have jumped out of my skin if that ever happened.
0: Now, let's talk a little bit about the story of Jordan that's coming in the premiere. This story has everything from women in engineering to issues of accessibility, positive views of limb difference. Was it a tough choice, Sarah, to decide which hero to lead with?
1: No, you know, we don't think of it in terms of which hero we're leading with. The beauty of Disney+, Plus. And this new streaming platform is, yes, you might discover this show one week at a time, but we fully recognize that there might be people who don't discover our show until week 15 or week 20, and then they're going to jump around from episode to episode. Each kid is so special. Each kid has so much fun. I love Jordan because she is, as you say, doing such amazing work on so many different levels, but she's also... Just a teenage girl, man, and to see her with her friends and to hear her talking about just the fun of getting to blast her glitter arm, like, it's just a good time. So we were excited to have Jordan kick off this series and introduce Hero Project to uh, what we hope will be a-, a welcoming audience, but we are equally excited about every kid that's to come because there are so many special stories that will kind of uh, unveil themselves throughout the 20 weeks.
2: One, one of the advantages of having Jordan, I think Sarah can vouch for this too, uh, having her be first is that it allowed us to have her at Comic-Con, where we got to screen the first episode, and the crowd responded to her in such a positive, cool way. She was fantastic on the panel. She was cracking people up she was insulting me. Uh I think she was a great she was a she was just a great kid to have around despite her being very mean to me.
0: <laughs> each of these stories from the comics will be available on the website. So what can viewers expect to see in each of these comic translations of the children's stories and how much fun was it for the artists and writers to to do something different with a different purpose? Well,
2: each of these kids kills one of our major Marvel heroes. So these are important <laughs> stories that affect the
0: universe. That would be something.
2: <laughs> uh, um, no, these these stories. Sarah's having a heart attack right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these stories are uh, they're 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 quick stories that tell tell us a little bit about who these kids are and sort of what their mission is, and we we see their superpower in act- action. And it ends, if you get the physical copies, it ends with a uh, fold-out poster of them in a superheroic pose, you know, straight out of Marvel Comics. So it's a quick, fun read, but you also, it's a great thing I think people will be able to share, either with their kids or with other fans, and it feels like a legitimate part of the Marvel Universe.
1: Yeah, it was really important to us as soon as we kind of started putting this together to make sure all the comics would be available on marvel.com or really anywhere that you can get digital comics. And not only that, but we're really working to make sure that all of the comics are accessible to a variety of communities, to in a variety of languages. We wanted to really make sure that these could be enjoyed and consumed by as many people as possible. And we're really proud of that fact. And I think, you know, by the end of the 20 weeks, when you go on marvel.com and you see this kind of cascade of covers and you see so many different types of stories and types of people represented on, on these covers, it's just a really special image and special visual to, to be a part of.
0: Now, The Hero Project isn't always just about rising above a disability. What other areas can you highlight that, that the contributions of children to society you were able to dive into in The Hero Project?
1: Yeah, we tackle a ton. Um, We are going to be diving in even more, actually, to STEM and how uh, engineering and ingenuity can help communities who are tackling things like clean water. We deal with the environment and uh, conservation. We look at uh, representation in communities and how you can help foster a sense of pride and maybe help communities or groups of people who have felt underrepresented within everything from literature to storytelling kind of uh, see themselves in the type of content they're consuming. What else we got, Steve?
2: Uh, Did you talk about Sydney? Because that's one that resonates with me.
1: I mean, I alluded to Sydney, but I didn't talk. Do you want to talk about Sydney?
2: Sydney is this great kid from St. Louis, and his entire mission is bringing reading to kids. Uh, he's in a community that's underserved by, by libraries and bookstores, and, and he takes it upon himself to start a book club and is bringing all these books to kids and sort of op- opening their minds that, that way. He's fantastic, and it, it's this small thing that you can, you can feel through his story that he has started down a road of changing the world. That, that one was particularly inspiring to me, not the least of which is because Marvel needs people who can read
0: yeah, <laughs> that's true.
2: It's an important part of our business model.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, actually, I, I was just kind of curious. I really enjoyed the aspect of the discussion at the beginning of each episode in which there's a parallel that's usually drawn between what we're about to see and an existing Marvel hero. Was that kind of fun to kind of relate different uh, superheroes and what, were, what are some of the ones that you uh, were able to bring in that maybe were more obscure?
2: Yeah, there's probably more footage on the floor of those conversations than just about anything else. <laughs> uh, I think everybody got got into that, and we were so lucky to be able to use the current Marvel editorial staff, even down to the editor in chief. TB Sobolski came came by, Joe Casada came by, Donna Amonit is a big part of the show too, and all sorts of Marvel editors on books like Spider Man and the Avengers. So those conversations got way deep into Marvel lore in a way that Marvel fans will definitely
0: appreciate. Yeah, that was fun.
1: It's funny, as soon as we started talking about these kids, I mean, there are just so many comparisons that can be made and so many instances where, as soon as we started diving into it, it became apparent, like, if if Gatanjali and Austin and Jordan and Elijah, if they were in the Marvel Universe, man, they would be right there alongside all of our heroes. It just, it makes such perfect sense that all of these kids should be and are Marvel
2: superheroes. As a longtime Marvel fan, too, I got to say, I I did have this moment from time to time where we're we're talking about these things and how they relate to real-world kids and real-world stories. And I am taken back. I can just imagine in my head when it's Stan and Jack and Steve Ditko or Ramita, like they're creating these characters 50, 60 years ago with no sense of the heft of residents they're going to have. They're just trying to sell magazines. And knowing that these stories that they created are somehow going to travel the decades of time and not only inspire kids, but then hopefully these kids will inspire heroes in our, our world. When I step back from that and realize everything that Marvel and the, its creators have accomplished, it certainly feels like a great reminder of the sort of shoulders of giants that we stand on.
0: I have one last question that ties into uh, one of the episodes that actually featured an NFL player. And I was wondering if in the future, would you ever consider involving some of the Marvel stars or are there other, you know, surprise guests to present that hero project box, or is it more important that there not even be a host for the show? I noticed (laughs) to distract from the kids.
1: Yeah, look, the kids are the stars of this show in every way, shape, and form. They they are doing amazing work, and they are just too much fun to watch on camera, not to always be the center. They've deserved that through all of their work. However, without giving too much away, I will say there are some more surprises that will be in store if you watch the full season. So there are definitely a couple of other instances and occasions where we were able to to uh, bring some special guests to different big reveals and the reactions and the and the way that unfolds is going to be really, really fun for people to get to watch. And that's all I'm allowed to say.
0: <laughs> that's That was exactly what I was hoping for. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for talking to me today, guys. It was great.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching.
0: All right. And that's a great way to end it. I really enjoyed how Stephen Wacker kind of tied it into the legacy that Marvel has that maybe the founding members didn't even realize would be existing in this day and age where people are able to be inspired to a much greater degree these days than they might have back then when comics were such a niche interest. So really, really very fun idea and concept for a show. And just so you know, Marvel Hero Project, like I said, will be launching along with Disney Plus on November 12th. But then the second episode will be available on November 15th, followed by weekly releases on Fridays. And I believe Sarah Amos did mention that there are going to be 20 episodes total. So really something to look forward to. If you're really looking for a feel-good show that will really raise your spirits, uh, check out Marvel's Hero Project on Disney+. Plus. But that'll wrap things up for this episode. Come back in two weeks for the next edition of the podcast when we'll break through the fourth wall once again to talk to another creator or performer behind the entertainment that you love. Remember to follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. My name is Michael R. And you can follow me at Mike Sci-Fi. Find more content at denofgeek.com. And thanks for listening. Join us again next time, Beyond the Fourth Wall.